0: Welcome to another weekly episode of Limitless Podcast, a place where we bring together global thought leaders in sales and marketing. My name is Sanjana and I'm the host of Limitless Podcast. Today's episode is a webinar replay from our Limitless webinar series. We hosted Nancy Nardin on our webinar to talk about how to engage prospects 10x. So in this episode, Nancy will be walking us through the cold calling hacks for getting prospects to hear you out, email hacks for getting prospects to respond, and productivity hacks for getting more done. Let's hear it from Nancy Narden. To uh, welcome our guest, Nancy. Uh, Here's a bit about Nancy Narden. Uh, She's the founder of Smart Selling Tools Incorporated. Uh, She's a world-leading expert in sales technology. She's widely recognized for her sales tech landscape. It's a beautiful infographic. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you can see it right behind her. And I also have a mid-slide. If you are into sales and if you are looking for the right sales tools, uh, this is a culmination with detailed analytics of each and every sales tool for every component of your sales journey. Uh, it's brilliant. There are over 600 tools. Uh, please do check it out. Uh, don't worry about, we'll also be sharing the link to the infographic. You can go check it out after the webinar. Uh, she's one of the most, uh, she is recognized by force as the top 30 social infu- sales influencers in the world. And by LinkedIn as the top 15 sales influencers to follow for the year 2020. So follow her on LinkedIn. Uh, Thank you. So, uh, as you mentioned, Nancy, there are over 600 tools and uh, as you mentioned in your sales tech landscape, mm-hmm. shouldn't that be easier, selling be easier with all these tools in place?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, yes, it should be, but I have a kind of a Yogi Berra um, kind of saying, which is that the easier things get, the harder they are. Uh, and I'll, I'll go into that in more detail, But there's a lot of things that are happening right now on the buyer side that are, it, as soon as we make an advance in in uh, tools, uh, because of what's happening on the buyer side, uh, it almost evens out. So let me explain a little in a little more detail. And I'm going to start out by going back in time briefly here. Um, my first job in sales was in Silicon Valley, and I was selling for Grid Systems, the world's first laptop computer, and that's a picture of it right there now this is encased in magnesium and you can see the screen size Uh, it was a big clunker I mean it was heavy but this was a time when not everyone even had a desktop PC on their on their uh, desk so what we had as tools were basically CRM and that came out shortly after the laptop and then this whole concept of a digital slideshow was brand new Uh, Imagine not having to bring a carousel of real slides along with you and hoping you didn't spill them or need to rearrange or anything like that. So that's what we were dealing with now. Now, I mean, then, now you think about all the tools that we have available to us, and you think, gosh, it should be a whole lot easier, right? Well, here's what we're up against uh, on the buyer side and the seller side too, for that matter. So three minutes is the amount of time spent working before an employee switches tasks. Can you, can you imagine? I'm sure everyone on the line can probably relate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 56 times, that's the number of times an average employee is interrupted in their work every day. It's, it's a true. wonder anyone can get, get it, anything done, right? Yep. <laughs> you either get uh, an
0: email or a chat or something pops up.
1: Exactly. Right. We're constantly being interrupted. And by the way, guess what a cold email or a cold call is? It's an interruption. And and that's what you're up against. And uh, some more stats here. Two hours, that's the time per day an average employee spends recovering from the interruption. So it's it's not just that they're being interrupted, but you lose time cognitively when each time that you're interrupted because you have to try to refocus back on what you were doing. So if, you, if your buyer on the other end of a cold call sounds annoyed, that's probably one of the reasons. Uh, 31 hours, that's the time per month that an employee spends in unproductive meetings. So when we're not trying to get our work done and being interrupted, we're spending time in meetings. This is what your buyer is going through. So this is what you face. Now, and on top of that, you're busy, right? so you've got a gazillion things that you have to do. You're reviewing your list, figuring out who you should contact next. What did you do with that last prospect? What's the next step? Uh, maybe you get an email, so you're interrupted. Uh, then you realize, oh, I forgot to respond to someone. Um, maybe you're looking for a sales asset because you need to send out another email. So. It's not like you can just, you know, make one phone call, then make another one, then make another one, or send one email, you know, after another. There's lots of things that interrupt your time and that you need in order to do those things effectively. The bottom line is that selling has gotten harder. True that. And all all right. Yep. Um, I'm sure some of you, uh, you know, have experienced that. Um, and And for those of you, I noticed that there were a number of Uh, company, CEOs that had signed up for the webinar, uh, that's what your salespeople are facing. So you might, you know, be a little sensitive to that fact, not that, oh, you feel badly for them, but what can we do to make their job easier and help them be more effective? So what we tend to do is just say, well, what we need to do is just do as many, as much volume as we can send out as many emails as we can, send out as, or make as many phone calls as we can. But here's the problem with this. There are six times the number of SDRs now, and we've all seen the growth in inside Sales and, and the SDRs, the importance of that role. Now there are six times as many of you. And with tools like Connect and Sell, you're able to make 10 times the number of calls Uh, without those types of tools. Add to that, you're able to make 100 more emails, or sorry, send 100 more emails. So what does that mean? That means six times more SDRs, 10 times the number of calls, 100 times the number of emails. Can you imagine what that means for the prospect? You're not the only one that's trying to contact them. So your prospect doesn't want to talk and don't take it personally, but they're bombarded. You're not, again, the only one calling them. Uh, They also don't have time necessarily to talk. Now through it all, and this is why I appreciate sellers so much, is that you've got to keep a positive attitude and not take things personally. And it may this will help you to understand why that they are so busy and how they might react. But it also tells you that the way you approach it has to be different. It has to get their attention. Somehow you have to break through. And that's really what we're gonna be talking about today. I just wanted to, if I haven't depressed you enough yet, uh, throw out a couple more stats here. 98% of cold calls don't lead to an appointment. So there might be a lot of reasons for that. Maybe you never break through. Uh, maybe it was the wrong person. Uh, you know, you're leaving voicemails. So there's a lot of reason, but that again, it's volume. And it takes 18 or more dials to connect with a prospect over the phone. And that could be someone even that filled out your web form. So someone who's presumably interested in what you do, it can still take that many dials. Remember, I mentioned the numbers game.
0: 18 or more, that is like a very huge number. Most people, including me, I would rather give up probably four or five calls.
1: Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And again, it's not that you've... um, Well, that's to connect with a prospect. So think about all the time that is wasted. I'll just throw out the concept of the lean manufacturing where we finally learned how to move uh, products and raw materials more efficiently. Well, we could think about it from a seller's perspective as as well. How can we uh, move uh, or make connections and engage with our prospects more? effectively. And that's what we're going to be talking about. But with all of that sheer volume and all in the number of uh, reps that are, have all cranked up the volume, right? Back when I was selling, um, we didn't even have email. So it was a little bit easier to break through. But right now we're kind of approaching sales like the Dust Bowl. And um, Howard Dover, uh, one of the university professors of sales at uh, University of uh, Dallas, Texas, talks about this concept that the increased outreach has led to diminishing returns. And that's very much like what happened in the Dust Bowl. And we don't want our industry to turn into, or your prospecting uh, efforts to turn into one big Dust Bowl. All right, so what do we do? Well, you can think about, uh, new tools that can help you or new processes. Those are the, the things that we have available. How can we do things differently and what tools can we use? And when you think about that, ask yourself two questions, not just how can I or how can our salespeople get more done? That's the trap we fall into. Uh, what you want to ask is what will be the outcome of that increased activity? Because you don't want to hit that diminishing return. Uh, phenomenon. All right, and the end result is that you have as a salesperson, you have to be smarter. You can't be the same as everyone else. You've got to be smarter about your market, smarter about your prospects, smarter about the way you you reach out to people. That means you have to be more relevant than ever before and use your time in the wisest way possible. right now you're thinking about things like well who should i call right who meets my ideal customer profile Uh, what should i know before i call them how should i contact them what's the best time to contact them what should i say how often should i reach out um then you have to reach out right then with multiple times for each prospect and then you have to figure out who do i contact next and uh, when I, when did I try last? So you're constantly thinking about all of these questions. And those are the things that tools can really help you with. Now, I'm thinking that this would be a good time to go into some tips and tricks, starting with cold email.
0: Yeah, uh, almost every organization uses it. And it's like the bread and butter of every salesman.
1: That's right. Yeah. It is the bread and butter. And I just want to remind people, too, that at this point, you know, I really like it to be interactive. Cold emailing, cold calling is a hot subject. There's lots of varying opinions, which I'm going to share with you in a second, about what works and what doesn't work. So if you have ideas, you have questions about what I'm saying, uh, you agree or disagree, feel free to put something in the Q&A, because uh, it's more fun when it's interactive, and I think you learn more as well.
0: Uh- so yeah, guys, uh, if you have any questions at all, uh, there's a Q&A tab below, just pop in your questions or any suggestions at all. All
1: right, so let's jump into cold email and we'll go into some tics, tips and tricks. And one of the things that I think is useful exercise is to look at what doesn't work. What's an example of a bad email? So, and by the way, I get bad emails Every day, so I have an email folder for bad emails that I just move them all into and I have a folder for good emails as well And you might want to do the same thing if you're getting emails uh, Especially those of you that are executives on the line and and use that as a teaching tool for your sales organization Now you can see here. It says four showing a connection now. I got this off of a site that was recommending the use of this type of email okay so right this they were recommending this as a template subject line company name in other words the prospect's company name the plus sign and then your company name so smart selling tools plus hippo video that would be the subject line now in my view that's that's not very exciting. It's also lazy. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't offer value. It doesn't drive curiosity. Uh, Then, hi, first name. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. My name is Nancy. I'm with Smart Selling Tools. so I'm leading with my company, which, again, you only have about well, seven seconds on a phone call is all you have in order to really make a connection. You have even less time with an email. So right now, if I even opened it with that boring subject line, uh, and then I read, my name is so and so with X Company, we help you know your type of company with and then a one liner. Now there's nothing a couple points here. One is there's nothing wrong with templatizing. Okay, so that's not the message here, but the message is that this is not the right outline, even though someone is recommending this on their, cold, on their cold email tips. So another lesson to learn is that there's a lot of conflicting information out there about what works and what doesn't work. So what you should keep in mind is that you wanna try different things so that you know what works for you with what you sell to whatever market you sell into, uh, this might actually be a good email. Um, Most likely it won't, but the point is that you don't know until you have some way to test. Okay, so take that one with you. I'm gonna continue though on to why I don't think this is a very good email. Um, All right, that's great, good for you. You help companies like mine with XYZ. This next line, throw it in the trash as far as I'm concerned. I, I, so I'm making it about me, the seller. I wanted to learn how you handle a particular thing at your company and show you what we're working on. Well, first of all, as a recipient, uh, you want me to tell you, to teach you how I handle things? Get lost, go away. I'm busy, I don't understand. I want you want to learn okay, no, that's terrible. Um, do your research in my view, this is just really pure laziness, and I think if someone opened it, they'd throw it right into the trash. all right, that was probably pretty harsh and if you're sending emails out like this, <clears throat> don't feel bad because of what I just said, learn from it. know that the you know there's a lot of people recommending this so you know, you're not at fault if you've been sending something like this, uh, but, but learn from it and, and try some different things. Okay, here's another example, and I've hidden the name of someone, but it starts out with, hi, there's no personalization at all, at, at all so there's no first name, and then it says, good day. Now, I just wanted to point out something here about uh, international uh, differences. Uh, like, good day, exclamation mark. That's pr- not, good day is really not something that's said in North America a lot. So if you're in a different country, think about the country that you're emailing and what their norms are and try to try to stick with those. Uh, I have gone through your company website site and found that your company provides sales forecasting software services. Okay. Now, the fact that this is bolded tells me that this is a tag of some sort. you plug plugged this in. Um, So, right away, it looks like it's a marketing email, and that's another lesson to take away. As a salesperson, you don't want to sound like a marketer. You want to sound like a human being. You're reaching out one person to another. So, uh, another thing about this, your company website. I've been through your company website, and I found that your company provides this. Okay. Okay. You know, good for you. You went through my website and you found something. I, what, what value are you offering me? I, you're, not, you're not grabbing my attention. Let me know if you are interested in the recently compiled database of sales forecasting software use, users. That, I mean, that's not bad. The thing that this has going for it is that it's very short and sweet. Okay, so if this is indeed what I do, which it's not, and remember, this was sent to me. So I don't even do Salesforce forecasting software services. Um, But if I did, okay, you've you've gotten to the point, do I need these users? Uh, You haven't told me what the value of this database would be. Uh, Please let me know your interest. That part's not so bad. All right, but down here, I've got an unsubscribe. Now there are a lot of GDPR and compliance things that you have to be aware of. Um, I'm not an expert on that. I will tell you in my view, I think it's okay for a salesperson to send out a one-on-one email. Um, but the fact that it's sent out as a bulk email, there has to be an unsubscribe button. And again, it just leads to, hey, isn't this just a marketing email? I'm not gonna really spend time on it. Uh, you're not email mailing me one-on-one. Now, the next bad thing that happens is, um, this one was sent on, November 6th, October, October, November. Yeah, this is the same person, so I'm not sure the dates, but again, hi, hope all is well. I'm following up on my previous email. Any chance you can review and let me know if this is still of interest to you. Not inherently bad, except for the fact that I get these, it's the formula, right? You send a first email and then you send a second one. Don't know if you saw my email or if you had a chance, can you go ahead and respond? It's not offering any value. It's the same subject line. You have to send multiple emails, but mix it up and don't just be lazy and send the same thing. Again, they sent the same, same exact email. They didn't even try to mix it up at all. Same exact email, and yet again. So now I've given you some examples of good emails, uh, uh, bad emails. I just want to see is there any questions or does anyone kind of want to debate any of those things? Okay, so let's go into some good email examples. This is one that I got and I'm just showing you this is what showed up in my inbox uh, preview. Okay, 18 seconds. Hi Nancy, I'll keep this short to make the 18 seconds it takes to read this worth your time. And then it says, "Yes, I." That was the preview. So that looks kind of interesting. All right, this person is aware that they're in an, that I, that they are an interruption to me. They've said it's going to take 18 seconds. They say they want it to be worth my time. That's a really good email opener. And this is the actual email. Uh, you can see the rest of it. The preview. Yes, I timed it. Okay, that's clever. I get to speak with three CTOs, VPEs, and C-level tech executives every month. All right, that that brings credibility. Uh, She's still talking about herself, but if I'm one of those types of people, then that makes me interested the fact that she does talk to people like me all the time. One of the common pain points that I hear is about the lack of hireable software engineers. Okay, so she's introducing the problem that people like me feel. This is very personalized. It's not saying, you know, CEOs like you often have this problem. Uh, You see the slight difference there. Finding a single developer takes up to three to six months. Besides, many companies report a lack of technical depth within their current on-site teams. Again, she's showing that she probably understands my pain. You know, does this sound relatable? I know how it feels, and I can fix it. Interesting. Uh, she even says, Why I'm on her radar. Now, this goes a little astray because she says, I help VC backed startups. Well, I'm not a VC backed startup. Um, and product companies compliment their dev teams, want to have a broader conversation. Now, I even like the CTA because it allows me to say yes or no. Uh, there's some practices out there right now where the CTA is uh, Can I have 10 minutes of your time on either Thursday or Friday of next week? Well, a couple things about that. One is, I don't, it's not credible that you only want 10 minutes of my time. And the second thing is that now you're wanting me to go and look at my calendar. I, I've got to do some work Thursday or Friday. Um, let me just respond with a yes or no. And then we can go from
0: there. So, okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, one of the questions posted by uh, one of the participants is, uh, it is mentioned that for a, in the form, they would like to add a currently link as a CTA. Yeah. Uh, so you good American question. Link. So it's often confusing because uh, we want to have a broader conversation. It's such an open ended question. It's a straight S or no answer. Um, yes. Whereas the other school of thought says uh, drive them to action, add a CTA to calendar so that you can try. Yeah. So how should one go about it?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple schools of thought on that. First of all, if you're going to be sending multiple emails, so you're going to want to mix up the CTAs and the messages. So I would say don't put two CTAs in one. Want to have a broader conversation. That's a fair question. So I'll respond yes or no, or I won't respond. And if I don't respond, then maybe on the next email, you can have a different CTA. And it's okay to put your calendar uh, link in there, but that does require them to do the work. So I always suggest that if you put your calendar link in, say um, for your convenience, or if it's more convenient for you, I I have included a link to my calendar where you can, Find a time that is best for you or, uh, you know, give them an option, right? Does Thursday or Friday work for you or for your convenience? I've included a link to my calendar and you can find a time that's best. So give them two options so they're not having to go to your calendar uh, software in order to, you know, schedule an appointment with you. All right. So I wanted to give you some good rules of thumbs. These are the uh, takeaways for the subject line. One is you want to spark curiosity. So uh, sparking curiosity, that is, can I make your life 20% easier? Okay, that's interesting. Not sparking curiosity is who is in charge of, you know, accounting at your company. That's You're asking me a favor, I'm not gonna open that email. By the way, again, this is an example of someone who said this is a good subject line. So there's a lot of uh, contradictory advice out there. And I'd say a lot of bad advice and a lot of good advice. I try to use what is backed up by research. Um, The best research is your own. So to track, like one of the things that you mentioned, the Hippo video does is allow you to see what works and what doesn't work. Those kinds of things are very important. But this is an example of what would and what would not spark curiosity. You also want your emails, uh, subject lines to be concise. So typically under 40 characters. Again, can I make your life 20% easier? That's a good subject link not concise, our solution can make your life 20% easier by freeing you from the time it takes, blah, blah, blah. So be very concise with your subject lines. Also, I wanna just mention is do not be uh, deceptive, right? So don't use a subject line because you know it's gonna create curiosity and then when they open it, it, there's really nothing about that in there. Uh, The other thing is keep it fresh because what works today uh, people are going to start to use a lot, and so it won't be fresh anymore. So be thinking about, you know, once the email subject line isn't working as well, what else can we try? So that leads me to the test. You always want to be able to test, and even as a sales rep, you can test. Use the same exact body, but just switch up the subject line a little bit. If you're sending a lot out a lot of emails, then you know you can get some good quantitative data. Uh, The other thing is that you want the subject line to be about what's in it for them. Okay, so this is an example of what's in it for the sender. I already used this example. Who's in charge of accounting at your company versus what's in it for the receiver? Can I make your life 20% easier? So what you want to do is as you're creating emails, think about this. Is it? catchy, it does it will it create curiosity, is it concise? Is it about the recipient and not about me? All right. And for the body, you want it to, you know, what you want to do basically is stand out from the crowd. And one of the ways that you can do that is what Victoria did, right, with this 18 seconds. I love that. It's 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 unique. Uh, What it doesn't stand out from the crowd is the bad example I used. And the reason is because it's so much easier to send out the same exact email to everyone with perhaps just changing one of the tags. Uh, And so you end up looking like everyone else. If you wanna stand out, you have to be different. Uh, The other thing is to have one focus. Now this is an interesting advice from research. There's a site called um, sales folks and she's an email expert and one of the things she learned from her research was that bullet points are not good now we think that bullet points would be good because it we're taught that it helps people read and quickly grab the point but bullet points are more than one focus. So now as a reader, I've I've got to take in a lot of information. I've got to take in what this bullet point is and what this one is and what this one is. So you're asking a lot of the recipient. So the net net of that is that bullet points are actually to be avoided. And if you think about it, bullet points probably indicate that your email is, is too long anyway. Okay. The next one is, and I mentioned this already, be a human. Don't be like a marketer. Marketers are good at what they do. They can, they know how to market, how to get people's attention, but that's different from selling. And then personalize. And I already pointed this out that that doesn't mean custom tags. I'm gonna look for something, you're in this industry. So, oh, for um, companies that are in manufacturing, in fact, I think I've got some examples. Personalized doesn't mean I see you work in manufacturing, doesn't mean as a CEO, you blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't mean we work with companies like yours. That doesn't personalize. What it does mean is I'd like to share uh, a quick idea that has helped manufacturers gamify their sales team and exceed the revenue goal, something like that. It means, you know, hey, that was a fantastic presentation you gave at you know, XYZ event, and I will use the part about, you know, and go into it, personalize it again, humanize it. So it's not about just tags, it's about finding some way to connect as a human. And then last, uh, templatizing is okay, just don't use the same email with everyone. You can use the same format, no sense in recreating the wheel in fact, you want to look for a template that works as long as you personalize and customize it any um questions uh, are we getting any questions from the audience uh,
0: so one of the questions uh when you try to personalize, especially when you have to reach out to a large number of people, how do you balance that because uh, you had mentioned yeah
1: taking- that's a that's a really good question um, so There are a lot of tools out there that let you send out bulk emails on a one-on-one basis. So I've got a list of 200 people and I'm gonna send them out and it's gonna look like I'm sending it to just them. I would say uh, group those people into three or four buckets that are based on commonality among them. And then, so let's say that they are in manufacturing. So if I go back to here, um, you can see, I can still be kind of generic, but yet specific, so if if one group has, a, has one uh, characteristic, play on that, but add some specifics that really personalize that, rather than just mention that characteristic, so that's one way you can do it, and you're still kind of saving time, you're still, you're not going, personalizing it, at a real deep level like this example is. So that that's one way to do it. Okay, um, so now we're going to talk about CTAs. Uh, would you be specific? I mentioned that already. Uh, what is it that you want them to do? Think think through that. What, what do you want them to do? What is the purpose of the email? And by the way, it can be, hey, you're just wanting to get some information. Right. So, you so for instance, on one of those where you're mixing up emails and you're sending one that looks where you're uh, asking for a meeting, the next one can be where you're asking for information. You know, do you use, uh, what vendor are you using now to do XYZ, for instance? So, think about what that CTA is, what you're trying to get out of it, if you're trying to get them to do something or you're trying to get information. And, and, and don't, try to, don't have more than one CTA. So would you be available for a 10 minute phone call next week or would you be able to chat on the phone for 10 minutes next week, on Monday or Thursday morning? Again, I've already told you how I feel about the 10 minute thing. Some people really like it because, well well, the one good thing about it is you're telling the prospect what to expect. I'm not going to take up a lot of your time, but for me personally, I think 10 minutes is not credible. I've never gotten on a phone with a salesperson where they've only taken 10 minutes. Uh, so there are some, you know, you could say 20 minutes. Uh, don't say brief, because I don't know what that means. So again, this is something you want to experiment with. Uh, and you could say, oh, I think, that, I think I duplicated the slide there. Okay, so that's uh, cold emailing, and hopefully you got some good tips that you can take away from that.
0: Uh, sure, uh, so one more question you have. So when you say CTAs, uh, recently we conducted a study, as you might be aware, uh, what do C-suites expect or C-level executives expect uh, when they receive an email or a phone call? So one of the things we found out was a common response was C-suite wants insights or something valuable to be given to them uh, rather than always asking for demos or appointments or something. So uh, would it be okay to send some kind of resources or some valuable insights or white paper or research findings before you actually ask them for a demo. Uh,
1: yes, that can be a great way to do it. I, I, I suggest starting with um, an ask. Well, I mean, why not? If you're giving them value and, and you're, you're showing that you understand uh, some of the things they might be dealing with and, you're, and I'm gonna give an example of that later in this cold calling. Uh, but if you're, if you're giving them value, then I think it's fair to ask for a call to show how, you, how, how you've done that with other companies. Now, the next one, maybe then you want to give and not ask. So there's a lot of talk about a formula, which is give, 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 and then ask, and then give and give and ask, or something like that, some combination of that. And what you're really doing is building a rapport there. You're showing that you are interested, you're trying to offer up some value, and you are committed to, they're worth the time. They're worth the time for you to build up. They're not just a name and a number and just part of an email list. No one wants to feel like that. If I can see you're making a real concerted effort to connect with me, uh, then you've earn some, some points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Let's move to cold calling.
1: Let's move to cold calling. Let Most me do just other, a little bit of a time check. What are we looking at now? Uh, we
0: have another 17, 18 minutes. Left.
1: Okay. All right, so cold call openers. Here's some examples. Uh, this is Nancy from Smart Selling Tools. Is this a bad time? This is Nancy from Smart Selling Tools. I didn't catch you at a bad time, did I? This is Nancy from Smart Selling Tools. How are you today? Um, This is Nancy from Smart Selling Tools. How have you been? So probably all of these sound very familiar. Probably everyone on the line has listened to uh, or has used these. I had two today. Okay. (laughs) Well, first I'm gonna say no, 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 no. These are not good cold call openers. But then I'm gonna qualify it and say, well, actually, maybe. The point here again is research. So did I catch you at a bad time? Research shows that you're 40% less likely to book a meeting if you start with that line. So that is not a good one. I didn't catch you at a bad time, did I? Um, And that's slightly different. I didn't catch you at a bad time, did I? That shows empathy. And if you, that could work, and actually research shows that that does work. Um, the person is likely to say, yes, it is a bad time, what, what can I help you with? Okay. So if they say something like that, the next magic words are, oh, thank you for taking my call. Okay. Acknowledge that by them saying, uh, yes, it is a bad time, but, you, but what can I help you with? They just took your call. So say, thank you for taking my call. The reason I'm calling is, and then you can go from there. Um, how are you today? Now I've never cared for that because when I someone calls me and says, uh, and I don't know them, and I just hear them say, H- "How are you today?" It's like, "Who are you?" That's my first response is, "Who are you?" Now apparently I'm I'm not. You know the norm because research shows that uh there's people are 3.4 times more likely to book a meeting with you when you start with how are you today how have you been which was uh the fourth one it didn't make it on this slide uh it has even better results so the lesson here you know there's a lot of great uh advice on the web reports things like that make sure it's based on research if you can't do your own um, because not everything is common sense. So the, you know, the rule of thumb is do what works for you. Now, there is one exception and this is a magic opening question. Can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I'm calling? Now, some of you on the line are gonna have a visceral reaction to this and think, oh, I don't like that. Uh, some of you are gonna say, Oh, that seems really interesting. Let me tell you why it works and how we know it works. Um, connect and sell uh, is a sales tech solution and it's not auto dialing, but they basically will do, you know, 1200 dials a day and then they automatically connect uh, a salesperson when they get someone on the line. So they have millions of calls that they can figure out what works and what doesn't work. And this is what they've come away with. Can I have 27 seconds? Now, notice it's not 20 seconds because 27 seconds kind of throws you, right? Oh, okay. This person has thought through exactly how much time it takes. Um, now, can I have, you're asking them, but you're also telling them it's not going to take long. I have empathy for the fact that I'm interrupting you, and I'm only asking you for 27 seconds. So, people are open to this sure, go ahead, right? Sure, go ahead. So that is one of the things I think that everyone on the line should try for. And I'm going to say, well, right, well, what do you say next? Because this is just an opener. So there are three parts of a cold call. There's the opener, there's the pitch, and then there's the close. So here's an example of a pitch. Let's say that someone said, sure, go ahead. I might say something like, CISCO's Director of Worldwide Sales Training, now this is if the prospect is Director of Worldwide Sales Training, tells us that their sellers can now gain the financial insights they need within five minutes when it used to take their reps days, if not weeks. That means their salespeople can now have many more conversations with prospects, and the conversations result in more deals in the pipeline. We can do the same for your company, and I can tell you how we do it in a 15-minute phone call and I'm calling to set that up, okay? So now I know, ah, okay, I know why you're calling. I know that it makes sense. It should make sense for me. I should be interested in this. You've told me what you want from me, and you've only taken 27 seconds. I think this is a good example of the format of what your pitch might look like.
0: Uh, You also refer to a case study, uh, what you've done for my competitor or some other client for me and uh, what I can gain from, giving a 15 minute phone call. That's right.
1: Yep. And then the close couldn't be as simple as something like, listen, I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, Let's set that call I mentioned, or up that call I mentioned early and we'll go into more details. How does next Tuesday or Wednesday morning work for you? Now, there's one thing missing from here and that is the conversation. Right? because you have an opener, then you have the pitch. Now, presumably this person will say, well, sure, I'm open uh, I'm open to a phone call. Can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, they're going to ask a question. Now you're off and running and you want to have a conversation because research shows that that uh, is required. In fact, a seven minute conversation is really required to get meeting scheduled. So um, a company called Chorus did a, Research project. They also research over a million cold calls, and they said the average cold call length is seven and a half minutes on a successful call. And the successful call means that it went on to uh, be a deal that went into the pipeline. So I want to ask people: Does a seven and a half minute call cold call jibe with what your daily call quota is? is this is something to think about. What if I can get through and I have a seven and a half minute call with everyone? Am I going to be able to hit my daily call quota? So perhaps we should be thinking about um, a quota as being how many calls did you have of a certain length? So you might want to turn your thinking around a little bit and have the objective be about the call length. Of course you want the other objective to be what was the outcome? Did you get a meeting scheduled? But you should see a correlation between the two. Also, successful co calls include four to five engaging questions, and that includes discovery and qualification questions that get the prospects to open up. So make sure that you have in your you know your list of things to talk about four or five questions that you can ask that are going to get them to Engage in a conversation, and they can't be too discovery. Who do you use for this? How you know? Um, how often do you buy? You know, you certainly don't want to ask budget questions or things like that. You want to get them thinking. Uh, ask so ask value-added questions, and then also the talk time is important for the cold calls. So in a successful cold call, a prospect asks two to three questions. Um, The reps talk 40 to 49% of the time. That means you want to make sure the prospect gets talking and that there's a monologue as long as 35 seconds. So I'm getting my, my prospect to talk a fairly good amount of time at any one point. All right. So think about how do you do those things so how can I ask a prospect two to three questions how can I make sure that my talk time's not any more than about half Um, how can I get them to really monologue with me those are the things that you want to think about and again the way to do that is to know what what works and what doesn't work and that's why chorus is good because chorus is a conversation intelligence tool in fact I'm gonna start to talk about tools right now for cold calling and cold emailing. Um, So I'll wait and tell you more about them in a second. Okay, any any questions or comments on the cold calling? All right, so uh, as you see behind me and you see here on this slide, uh, there's a lot of tools available. I wanna tell people if you do go to our site and you view an enlarged version of this, you can use a magnifying glass to look at this closer. Uh, The tools on the left are tools that have to do with who should I sell to and why. Uh, If you're going to cold call people, you either have a list or you've got to look up a list. And these are the tools that help you with that. The other next important part is how do you get them to engage and when. And and the tools under this section are the ones that will help you with that. Uh, These are tools that are more further down the pipeline. So I just wanted to give you a way to look at this landscape. So Let's talk about some emailing tools. I, I really like Hippo Video and one of the reasons is because you need to stand out from the crowd and you need to make it about the person. If I see a video or just a template, a thumbnail of a video in my email and it says hi Nancy on it, I'm gonna give you a lot of credit for that because I, I apparently am not just a name. Um, I you know You took some time personalize this I'm curious what it says I want to know what you have to say to me so it's a brilliant way to really get through and the other piece of it is obviously that you can know what works and what doesn't work and it's easy to mix it up it also ties in nicely with marketing and I so I would just encourage people on the line to get in touch with hippo video get a demo talk about it get your marketing and salespeople together and have a demo uh, with them at one time uh, there's another uh, solution called Let's Chat, and that is something that you can look on LinkedIn for information where you're going to be able to grab what you need quickly to customize an email. And let's just see if I can go to LinkedIn here uh, and grab something. Are you seeing my LinkedIn screen now? Yes. Okay let me get my Zoom out of the way. So it's just a plugin. It's a, it's a Chrome plugin. And if I'm on my profile and I click let's chat, then what it's gonna do is it's going to look up, you're not, you're not on a user's profile page. Oh, okay, there we go. Okay, so it's gonna load up and it's gonna uh, see how relevant I am based on things that I put in. And then it's going to say, I noticed your interest in sales enablement. Now, how did it know that? Because it could quickly analyze that I write a lot about sales enablement on LinkedIn. I came across an article on that topic that might be of interest to you. Look how quickly it did that. And then here's the article. Now, what I do as a salesperson is I copy this and then I put it into an email or I put it into an email. Uh, an And, and once I put it into an email, I, I can, I can, for instance, unbold this. I don't like the idea it's bolded because that makes it look like it's a tag, but again, it's a quick way to personalize. Okay. Um, let's see.
0: This is great. Let's chat.
1: Yep. Um, okay. And then there are, uh, Some other email tools that I think are really helpful, one is Cirrus Logic and then the other is Smart Cloud Connect. Now both of these do similar things. Um, They allow you to access your CRM like Salesforce while you're in your email. And that's helpful because you may have some templates in CRM that you can quickly get access to that are gonna allow you to uh, personalize. And then it also allows you to do the sequencing uh, you want to mix up cold a uh, cold email with um cold, with a a cold call. So first, I'm going to send you an email. Then I'm going to send you a. Uh, then I'm going to call you. Then I'm going to send you another email. So that kind of sequencing is all part of these solutions where it, it helps you set that up. What's the frequency? What do you want those templates to be? and then it keeps track of where everyone is at in that process. So these are two other tools that I recommend. Now, if you don't have a CRM, you can use a tool that actually is just one time cost. So that's unique, auto auto follow up for email. And it's a sequencing tool for Outlook. And basically when you type up an email, uh, it asks, do you want to create an auto follow up? And when you say yes, then right away I'll just put in what is that next email I'm gonna send them. So while it's top of mind and I don't won't have to go back to say, well, what did I send them before? I set up my next email. And then I can say, send it automatically or send it five times if I don't hear back or send it on this particular date. So there's all kinds of things you can do. When I use it, I tell it to prompt me at a certain date if the person has not replied and that frees me up from having to put it into CRM to say well I emailed them and now I have to schedule a task to email them again if they don't reply which now I have to go back and check to see if they replied so all three of those are great tools for emailing now, for calling, um, Ring DNA is an excellent platform. If you've got SDRs that are calling and and making you know hundreds of calls a day, you likely want a complete sales engagement platform that tees up the next call, that has some call scripts in it, that allows you to look on LinkedIn to quickly you know get some background information to personalize things. And it also has what I mentioned before, conversation AI, which is what Chorus is. It's a conversation AI tool. It records your calls and then it automatically does some analysis. What was my talk time compared to my prospects? What were the keywords that came up? Uh, How many times were, were my competitors mentioned at all? Did price come up? what are the action items that came as a result of the call it'll pull all that information out for you and it allow you and your managers to see uh what's the right combination of talk time of things to say of um you know any anything you could think of so that you know what to work and that way you can iterate improve and not just be you know trying the same things over and over again, and hoping and wishing that the numbers game works for you. Uh, The last one I had mentioned, connect and sell. They can do 1,200 dials. It's humans that are doing the dialing. It's not um, an auto dialer. And so they can literally deliver 40 to 100 conversations. They move it right to your sales rep who's ready to then just speak immediately to that prospect. So they're not wasting time actually making those dials. The thing here is that you have to have a big lead list because if they're making 1,200 dials a day per rep, uh, then you're going to need to fill that pipeline of leads for them to contact So those are just a few of the tools that I recommend and some tips and tricks that I hope hopefully you'll get some good uh, you know ideas from that you can use today and immediately to improve your results
0: brilliant uh, so uh, we had a couple of questions coming in uh, so I think we made the Minutes to just answer the question. So let
1: me come back. Uh, to the first one here. is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the questions is how do I follow up with a prospect uh, while being persistent uh, but without being annoying?
1: Yes. So the answer to that is to mix it up. Don't send the same thing every, every time. Obviously, if it didn't connect with them, it's not going to connect with them. Uh, by the way, sales folks, I mentioned that website eight and a half times obviously a half doesn't work, but eight to nine times is the number of times you wanna send an email because their research shows that the response comes somewhere between the fifth and the eighth email. So the question is, how do you do it and keep it exciting? It's hard, it's so tempting to say, hey, I'm just checking to see if you got my email. Anytime you start to write the words, I'm just checking, stop yourself and say, what can I you know, erase it? What can I say instead? Come up with a reason uh, and don't necessarily refer to the past email. Hey, and in fact, you know, use Let's Chat. Hey, I saw this article I thought might be of interest to you. And maybe the call to action is just uh, let me know if uh, if you like the article. So, you again, you don't have to ask for something every time. Uh, it's the, the important thing is get in front of them repeatedly so they start to Know you, you're not asking constantly, and you're coming up with something fresh. Also, change the subject line. Don't just have it be, you know, the re and then the same subject line that you used in the first one. Um, and in fact, I, you know, I don't necessarily recommend uh, tying it to the first email. You already sent them that one. Send them another one. Send them a new one with a new, fresh subject line.
0: Okay. Uh, the next question is. Uh... How many touch points sh- should an ideal sales cadence have based on? Results?
1: Oh, um, that is a good question. The number has changed and I think it is uh, 15 times. It might be even a little bit more uh, is how many times it requires, it, it, it takes nowadays to get a prospect to engage. Actually, I think I might've had that stat at the very beginning. Uh, so, Again, the trick to it is to mix it up. Uh, Ring DNA, as an example, uh, uses something they call voicemail drop. So you could set up a couple different types of voicemails so that as soon as you get a voicemail, maybe it's your eighth sequence between emails and calls, if you are calling, then you say, hey, I'm gonna drop, I press a button and it drops a completely new different type of voicemail. I don't have to stay on the line, I can move right on to my next call. And that saves time. It also allows you to use a voicemail that you've perfected, Uh, you know, your voice is entire because you haven't left that same one for the 30th time that day. Uh, And it allows you to set up templates of good voicemails uh, that are different and will pique your prospects interest.
0: Uh, So we'll take the last question. Uh, do you have any tools for finding out psychographic information about the prospects?
1: <clears throat> uh, psychographic. Well, certainly there's a lot of tools for demographic types, types of uh, information. I, I think the, um, the psychographic tools, Let's Chat, it probably comes close to that because it's letting you know things that they're interested in people they follow on LinkedIn that might allow you to get an article that is of interest. Uh, I think there was, um, there's another solution called AutoBound, which uh, is using AI for some of that. So I would check them out as well.
0: Okay, uh, yep, that's it for today. Uh, so thank you very much for your time Nancy, it was wonderful. It's, I will be back It's to been you. my pleasure.
1: And may I just say, uh, welcome everyone to reach out to me through LinkedIn and to subscribe to our newsletter so that you learn about webinars and uh, can watch some videos on tools and, and get educated on all these tools that are out there available to help you.
0: Stay tuned to our weekly upcoming episode with more sales and marketing leaders from around the globe. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more. Subscribe to get notified when a new episode is out. Also, please leave us a review if you're on Apple. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.